Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the life they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa, with no opportunities, just sheer hard work, to failing, multiple startups yet learning, a whole lot, to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast, from Google executives, Goldman Sachs, The Financial Times, Forbes Technology Council, World Economic Forum, the United Nations, Harvard University, even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Miriam Dorset. Miriam is a seasoned entrepreneur with a proven track record in community building, leadership, and digital engagement. She is a fifth-year Woman of Color Bootstrapped founder. In addition to growing her startup, Shibur, she is a certified climate crisis speaker through the Cleo Institute, on the board for Miami EdTech, and the entrepreneur in residence at Entre. Miriam, how are you today? Hi, Aziz. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. I'm happy. I'm honored. I'm very lucky to have you here. Very curious about you as well. So I'll begin with this question that I feel is the most fruitful, which is, in these days, in this period, has there been something on your mind that you're working on or that you're considering in life or on your entrepreneurial journey that is demanding your attention and thought again and again and again? Right now, I I loved what you said in your intro because you talked about abundance and just hearing all the things that you've gone through It resonates with me as I was also the child of a single mother and grew up with a lot of these mindsets when it comes to lack and abundance and feeling like, you know, wealth was not achievable for me. Um, And one of the things that's top of mind for me these days, really in the last few months, has been changing all of that, shifting my patterns of thought and my mindset to understand that I'm very worthy of being wealthy and very worthy of having abundance in all areas of my lives and my life. And it's, I mean, it goes into everything from not just my entrepreneurship, but things around my house, like squeezing the last little bit of the toothpaste out of the toothpaste too, just because like, I don't want to waste anything. So changing a lot of, of things that I do and things that I think about, um, it's definitely top of mind these days for me. Thank you. That's a very important topic. 
So I have to ask you then, how did you do it? Because in my experience, such change that is a deep identity level change does not happen just by telling yourself you should change or even making a few affirmations. But in many ways, you have to see the world differently, which means you have to do new things that are outside of your comfort zone and in many ways overcome traumas. And it's a whole journey right there. How was yours and how were you able to ingrain more of the abundance mindset while you grew up and have momentum of thinking through and about scarcity? Um, so a couple of things that I've done is the, I'm reading a book. One of the books I'm reading is with my mom and it's called Money Magic. I love the way that it's written. It contains like rituals, if you will, of ways that you can kind of start to shift these money thinking about money. And that one's very specific to money. And I want to clarify that abundance to me means so much more than just money. It's about everything in my life. Um, but the doing that with my mom has been powerful because a lot of the mindsets I have come from my family because that's who I grew up with. And often that comes, that's a big part of our personal development and where we learn our belief systems comes from our family. And so some of the things that we're able to work through and talk through are really powerful because we talk about them together where I can be open with my mom about, oh, well, you know, when this happened or when that happened and she can tell me her side of it. Um, and then the other thing, I took a class with my spiritual community called Absolute Abundance Pathway to Permanent Prosperity. And that is also contains a book that was written by Ken Daigle. Um, and it was really good. So besides reading those books and doing the practices that come with those books, uh, just starting to kind of notice things, um, like when, when I feel like I can't afford something, taking the cur doing, taking the step to, to say, yes, I can, I can afford it. And the shift really began a few years ago when I, had this realization about the entrepreneurship journey and how I was making it difficult for myself because everyone always says it's so hard to be an entrepreneur. Like you have to hustle, you have to work hard, you have to grind, right? That's the mentality of it. And my first year of entrepreneurship, I was so in love with it. I thought everyone should be an entrepreneur. Of course, I was living off my savings. Things were fine. By second year, it was like, okay, this is like really, really hard. Like reality starts to sink in. And that's when it started. Like if you look back at pictures of me during that time of my life, I literally was wearing combat boots. I painted a 16 feet by 20 foot mural that was a camo print. I was in battle, like mentally, physically, everything. I was waking up every single day ready to go to battle and fight this fight to become successful. And when I realized that that may be true, entrepreneurship is hard, it is hard, but I'm not making it any easier by waking up every single day and telling myself that, like, and I don't need to do that. And when I made that realization, physically, I felt a relief from my body that lifted from my shoulders. And as the more that I started to tell that and share that, which was really key because I am a leader in my community. I'm in a lot of entrepreneurship groups. And so by telling other people that it was so hard, I was kind of putting a barrier of entry up for other people to kind of jump in. 
And so once I shifted, I was able to change that message and say, hey, yes, it's hard, but it also can be very rewarding. And it's better to wake up every single day and be like, this is such a great gift. And so when I started to think about why am I telling myself this when no, every single instance in the last five years and really my entire life, I, yeah, I have been quote unquote poor, you know, but I've always had food in my fridge. I've, I mean, I haven't always had a place to live. I've actually have been homeless multiple times, but I have survived. I have thrived in a lot of cases, even when other big expenses have come up somehow, some way, I always was able to cover it. Um, so why do I have this mindset that I don't have enough and that I'm not going to have enough when every, all the evidence shows me that that's not true. So I'm um, just trying to kind of shift some of those things, but it can be really emotional. Um, I'll tell a quick little story and then I'll, I'll stop because I know I'm kind of babbling here, but like a few weeks ago, I was shopping for a refrigerator because I needed a new fridge and which is a blessing in itself because obviously like it's expensive to get a fridge and so amazing that I had money to go buy one. And I had found one on Facebook marketplace that was used in the exact fridge that I wanted. And it was, you know, only, it was like a third of the price than the new ones, but I was struggling trying to measure it and understand whether it was going to fit in the space. And then I was concerned, like, cause if I bought on Facebook marketplace, there's no return policy. So I really felt like I needed to make sure that this fridge was going to fit. And I didn't know how to take these measurements with the doors and removing the doors. And I was just feeling very anxious about this purchase. And I called my brother and I told him because I'm a single woman, I'm like, and I know this is stereotypical, but I just feel like this was kind of like a man problem. <laughs> right. And so, and I, so I reached out to one of my brothers and he was like, well, when I finally explained everything to him, he was like, well, why don't you just buy the, buy a new fridge? He's like, why are you buying this fridge from Facebook? Like, don't do that. Just buy it from Lowe's. And then if it doesn't fit, just return it. And I was like, well, no, because it's so much cheaper. And he was just like, oh, I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give you the money. And, and at that moment, the first thing that I felt was shame and embarrassment. And to the point where I was brought to tears. And that's why I try to tell people like, it's very emotional. So if you try to take this journey, um, just be prepared to, to, to be getting in touch with your feelings quite regularly. And what a blessing that is that I have abundance in my life to have family that will provide for me. But it was that practice of like not immediately going to gratitude and seeing how abundant I am. But the first thing I go to is embarrassment and shame that I can't afford something. And I have to go to my family and ask them for help. Right. So, and that whole theme of like asking for help and vulnerability has been something that I'm dabbling with as well through building my product Quoka and trying to support entrepreneurs and everyone with being vulnerable, talking about your mental health. And, and I believe at this point, if you ask for help, you're really giving permission to others to help you, which is, is a great opportunity for them. Um, so I'd love that we, I feel like I like to embrace that now. I like to ask for help and um, give other people the opportunity to give, which is really a gift as well. 
I agree 1000% and there is so much to unpack there. But yes, the entrepreneurship journey is really a journey of spiritual growth as well as as emotional strength and strengthening your mindset because you're literally responsible for everything and you're doing things and you don't know yet whether they will work or not until it's either too late or <laughs> just late enough for things to begin working. And so you have to have faith in what you're doing and trust in the process, etc. And you mentioned, which is something that I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, that very, very often on the verge of everything just being destroyed, something almost magical happens that gives them another breath another like boost to keep going for a bit longer and then the next time as well and the next time and so to you what is that do you believe that when you spoke about those things is it do you believe that the world in is in many ways protecting you that maybe because of your spiritual faith you feel that everything will fall into uh, place at some point or what is that is it when you're um connected to abundance you attract abundance and better luck and manifest good experiences and when you're in scarcity you repulse the possibilities to make it or how is the whole thing working within your understanding and perspective you know that's such a great question i talk with my mom about this all the time because i do believe that i believe i'm deeply protected i believe that i am able to attract things and that the universe will provide for me. And my faith is very important to me as well. My mom and I talk about this a lot where there are so many injustices that happen all around the world. So how that we, how can we possibly sit there and just say, oh, you know, well, law of attraction, these people are, are attracting these things to them. It seems so cold and um, relieves, like it kind of just says, oh, we'll just, sit back and relieve yourself of all responsibility because we're not responsible for other people. And that does conflict with me as a person, like my values and how I want to show up for others in the world. And really my purpose being to bring more good to our world at scale, I find direct conflict with that. But day to day, I do believe that I am protected. I am divinely guided and I can attract to the things that I need in my life. And I think that that's a great way to live life, to think that way. When things are going well, of course, it's a lot easier. But so many times, time and time again, even when awful things have happened to me, at the other side of it, whether it's a few months or a few years, it always makes sense. Everything is like, oh, that's why that happened, right? In 2021, I was going to market launching Quoka and... I had the worst year of my life. I mean, when I'm talking about my engagement fell apart and I was assaulted and I didn't tell anybody and I held this pain inside of me and sunk into a deep depression. And I felt like quitting 100%. And now I've gotten this resurgence of energy. I've started to tell people about it and other people, projects that even didn't get started for whatever reason are starting to fall into place because 
they're making more sense now. They're connected to me on a deeper level now because of what happened to me. And although, yeah, that sucks. And I'd much rather believe like we don't have to go through hard things in order to get good things. But now I'm able to look at things like hard things, like there are no hard things. There are no bad things. There are just, there's, I'm able to find beauty in pain, if that makes sense. Like, because it is beautiful to love someone so much that they break your heart, for example. And if you're able to learn something from that experience and apply it to your life to make your life better, make other people's lives better, build a better product or build a greater company or connect deeper with other people, there is beauty there. Um, so I definitely think that I've been able to turn quote unquote bad things that have happened to me into energy to fuel continuing on and experience, continuing to experience life, continuing to create and continuing to connect with others. Thank you. And you mentioned, I noticed that uh, your engagement fell when you launched your product. I'm trying to understand that a bit more because many creators can have this fear that because they're given so much value, creating so much engagement in this world, that when they start selling anything or promoting something, they will get a lot of pushback and people will tell them, like, why are you doing this? It's cringe or whatever it is. Is this related to that or it was a caused by other things? I had just like the worst year of my life. Like it was a really hard year. It was a really tough year. And, um, but to your point, when you get pushed back on what you're doing and there's conflict there, depending on how much it is, right? Especially if you're early on, I had another entrepreneur give me some advice and they said, you know, that that's great. Like if you're not causing any conflict, you're not doing it right. Basically. Like you need to have some people that don't agree with your product. And there are certainly people that have told me they don't agree with Quokka at all. Um, and they, they're scared by it. It freaks them out or whatever. And, and that's fine. They don't have to like it. That's cool with me. I agree with those people 100% because for you to be loved, you cannot make people indifferent to you. You have to be unique enough that people have a reaction that is either love or criticism. So how do you handle that? Then I will ask you, because there are people who might have that entrepreneurship spark within them, but they worry, what would my family say if I left a secure job to be an entrepreneur or, or even dedicate time to that, which is an investment? What if I fail? What if people hate it? Well, all the what ifs that really play with their mental health. So how do you deal with that? And do you believe that everybody could do that or some people think entrepreneurs are born rebels this way while other people are not yes i used to think everyone could be an entrepreneur i don't believe that anymore it does definitely takes a specific type um and then within that there's all different types of entrepreneurs as well if you don't have the support of people around you it's definitely going to be challenging for me I do feel supported, although in the beginning, there was certainly a lot of 
not support. And, and I, I think even for a time, my mom kind of thought like I was playing entrepreneur, like playing dress up or something. And, and I, that's just, I'm like a very dramatic person. So a lot of times maybe people don't take me as seriously because I like to have fun and I like things to be good and happy and light and entrepreneurship can be serious sometimes. But a lot of what I'm doing and building my company is changing that anyway. So I'm building new pathways. Like I just think that it should be fun. If it's not fun, then why are we even doing it? Like luckily the products that I'm bringing to market, the businesses and brands that I'm building I always tell my team this, like if they misspell something in an email or a social media post, or they don't meet a deadline, of course, consistently, obviously that's an issue. But if it happens, don't beat yourself up over it because no one died, right? I think a lot of times we have to kind of zoom out and take perspective. Like when we take ourselves so seriously when we're on the entrepreneurial journey, it's like every little thing matters and like, oh, we got to schedule all these meetings and like make things happen. And it's like, no, dude, like calm down. We're not in an operating room. We're not on, you know, I don't have a gun in my hand, like going to war. No one's going to die if I don't meet this deadline or I make a spelling error and try to kind of keep things in perspective. Um, But if you have an idea, and I think that everyone does have that. Everyone has ideas. They have divine inspiration. They have thoughts that come into their head. They're like, I should do this, or I should do that. Or, But then yes, that other th- side creeps in. What if this? What if that? And so that fear holds them back from taking those steps to get started. When you go, if I think everyone has that. And I think that if you have an idea and you have a divine inspiration, you should go for it because it's been given to you for a reason. And if more people were following their dreams every day, I think that humanity probably would be in a better place. If we all just did exactly what we wanted to do every single day without hurting each other, of course, um, we might be farther along. Not to say like we're in a really great place as a humanity right now, even with all the horrible things going on, but you should follow it and go into it knowing that it's going to be challenging, but go into it saying, I'm going to learn something. And that's the goal. The goal should be to learn something. And if you go into it with that mindset, you're always going to succeed um, because you're going to learn stuff. (laughs) That's for sure. You may not succeed. I can almost guarantee you're going to fail. I have failed so many times on so many things. So you are going to fail. That's, that's probably very likely. And, and, but you're also going to learn. So just go into it wanting to learn and you're going to succeed. Thank you so much. And from your journey of entrepreneurship, what did you notice are common mistakes or things that that many of the entrepreneurs need to understand, let's say about marketing or understanding their niche or anything like that, that if they knew that failure you're speaking about will be reduced or at least elevated to the next level so that they begin not from step zero, but from beyond? Yeah, I'll start with one of the biggest ones, and that is to quit drinking. I think that there's a lot of, especially, I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of a woman entrepreneur building bootstrapping in the United States of America. And I can tell you 
I stopped drinking in April of last year and it's been transformational. And I wish that I had done that earlier. So that would be one of my very first tips. Um, if you see a little bit of yourself in me, quit drinking and enjoy life. Like it's so much better sober. I originally had stopped for three years. I was like doing this pledge and then I took a trip to Mexico for my friend, my dear friend's bachelorette party. And she had arranged this amazing tequila tasting with like the grandson of Jose Cuervo. And I didn't want to miss out on that. I felt like this pledge that I had made, this like rock hard commitment was like holding me back from something that I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this tequila tasting. And I, so I did. And it unlocked something else for me where it was like, I was no longer counting down the days until I wasn't drinking again, which was like before I was like, oh, I can't wait till April 8th, 2025. Like I remember the day like when I was going to start again, but it just freed it. It was like, once I experienced it again, I was like, oh no, 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 no. I don't like this anymore. I don't want to be this vibe or this energy. Like I just much prefer to be sober. So that's kind of maybe like one thing that recently um, I would also suggest people take a long look at their devices, your, your phone, your relationship with social media and examine that turn on like those measurements that tell you how long you're spending on certain platforms, um, and examine that. Uh, I tend to spend as little time as possible on, on social media these days and use it primarily for, for work, just posting about brands, but not to like talk with people and chat with people and liking the posts and watching all the things that is just a time suck. Um, also you need to realize you're not like everybody else and be okay with that. You need to realize you're different and you need to be okay with that and give permission for everyone else to be different too. give, 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 give as much as you can. And then don't feel guilty when you can't realize that you have to play these different roles and every single role, like as a solo entrepreneur demands like a different version of me. When I was out here without a team, that was one thing I was doing all these parts. Now I have people that are on the team. I'm a totally different person. It's way harder. Like it's like, dude, I thought it was hard before. This is way more intense. Now I'm responsible for these people's lives, their families. It's a whole new set of pressure. Um, scheduling, I would say as a solo entrepreneur, scheduling, owning my calendar was really important. Like time blocking, making sure that I scheduled in meals because you honestly will forget to eat at times, leaving gaps in between meetings because people run late and people and meetings go over, not trying to just have calls all the week through the week. You're never going to have time to actually get work done. Those are some of my big tips that just kind of come up right off the top of my head. I love that. Thank you so much. And just for more understanding, some people might want the entrepreneur life, but they have no idea where to find ideas. They think I have nothing original to add. Where do those ideas come from? So in your experience, what inspired the idea for your current business? Where do you think the right place or the best place or a good place for entrepreneurs to find ideas? Is it by talking to their market and understanding the pain points? Is it looking in their own pain points and trying to be inspired from there? Or what is for you the proper or a good way? 
if you are, I, I think that we need to define an entrepreneurship a little bit, right? So it's like when people think about entrepreneurships and startups, we think about these billionaires who are wildly successful and have done built things that touch people's lives every single day. You, there's a nothing wrong with building a respectable small business and being an entrepreneur in that sense, a brick and mortar store or a SaaS that brings in a monthly recurring revenue. Um, So you don't have to have like this brilliant earth shattering, innovative, like, oh my God, I'm changing the game. Like I reinvented the air filter or something. Like it doesn't have to be that. The best source of inspiration is inside of you. Those are going to be the ones that you're going to be able to power through the challenges because it came from within and just trust that whatever you think about as the first idea is likely not going to be what ends up being the end product. And if you're struggling to find inspiration, I feel like that's probably a clarity issue. What happens is we are so bogged down with our digital devices and content slamming us all the time, 24 seven, we can't even get clear and see our own vision and see our own purpose. So you've got to just kind of take a break and clear your mind and get clear. That involves putting down your phone, not watching TV, not reading magazines, going outside, getting in touch with nature, laughing a lot, feeling things, giving yourself the freedom to just sit and be like breathe a little bit and observe the natural world around you. Observe your friends. Yes. Observe how people are interacting and inspiration will come when you have the clarity and the time that you've given yourself that gift to just kind of look around and see like, how can I contribute here? Now, if you're like already, you've done a lot of things, you know, how business works, whatever, like you want to go build a business, you know, you could do stuff. You can do real estate. You can open up a retail store. You can open up a restaurant. Like there's lots of businesses that you can do that are just kind of like, here's the game plan, like open up a laundromat or provide a service, delivery, do a truck thing, uh, even being, you know, a driver or something like that, selling plants, like walking dogs. Those are all other ways to tap into becoming an entrepreneur, to get you started, to have that freedom that I think people should look at as, you know, still respectable ways that you can be considered an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be like your Elon Musk or whatever. Thank you so much. I really, really love this conversation and this truth that you're sharing very, very much. And okay, It seems to me from talking to you that entrepreneurship is not only a financial freedom or a way to be independent or a journey like that, but to you, it's a journey of inner discovery, inner growth and evolving to the next paradigm. Is this correct? And could people approach it in this way, uh, entrepreneurship as a practice, almost in a spiritual way that has its ups and downs that you end up shaping and uh, creating the identity of a strong person that you desire to be through the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship. Is this the way it's applicable within your life? Yes, you can. You can approach it that way. The traditional, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. You're, you're paving a new path when you go that way, because 
at least here in the United States, a lot of the best practices, business practices are around negative fear, like scarcity and, you know, competition. And so you're going to run into opposition a lot. At least that's been some of my experiences, right? And you have to build new systems. We're like at Hebor, we bu- we're building new systems. Like I'm building a whole new company way, like a new way to have a company that's more built for the person and not just for, it's built for the people, not just for the profit, right? So it's challenging, but you can, you can approach it in, in that way for sure. Yes. And I love that. Thank you so much, Miriam. It was my privilege and my honor to have you here on this podcast. And if people want to learn more from you or to understand what you're working on, can you share a bit more about your company, any projects you're involved with, and where can listeners find out more? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a pleasure. I love doing these podcasts and talking to people and answering questions because it's nice to have people actually care and wonder what I'm doing. So thank you so much for what you do. And if you are out there listening and you want to get in touch, I am on Entra and the Entrepreneur in Residence there. Like Aziz mentioned, I answer my DMs there very quickly. Join Entra entre.com the fastest of course i'm on all social media platforms as well um, but just fastest to get in touch with me on entra and uh the the product that i'm working on right now that's closest to my heart is quokka it's a a way for you to flow through challenging life events when they happen such as going through a breakup or moving to a new city. And the reason I'm working on that is because I believe that mental health is really the foundation to people being at their best for the maximum amount of time over their life. So, you know, when people are at their best, life is better for all of us. We're kinder to each other. We solve problems better. We're happier. And that's at the heart of why I'm building Quokka. I just want to give people more happy days and more happy days start with more happy moments. And that's what we kind of deliver through Quokka. So if you're interested in that, check it out, www.tryquokka.com. Thanks again, Aziz. You are welcome.